At Walmart, there's a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. We encourage you to show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase. Every time we purchase from a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. Some amazing black-owned businesses that are available at Walmart include The Lip Bar, Zach and Zoe Honey, Partake Cookies, the list goes on and on. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico, but it's more than a name. It's a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. Let the Boricua spirit welcome you with a warm embrace to start each day and remind you why you travel in the first place. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. With nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline, there's always new places to explore. The island's diverse geography offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to stunning black sand beaches. There are spots that are perfect for water sports so you can surf, snorkel, paddleboard, or go diving. To travel to Puerto Rico, there is no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hell, I suck at dating. With Dean Ungler and Jared Haven, an iHeartRadio podcast. We did it. Jared, we are literally hosting our very first ever live podcast right now. How incredible is this? Unbelievable. Live from my bedroom. (laughs) 2020, man. Right, and live... And live from my van right now, I'm going to go ahead and say right now, this is the first time I've been nervous recording a podcast, probably since like the fifth episode of Help I Suck at Dating. I'm recording live from my van. I am currently uh, uh, stealing some hotel's internet. Please, hopefully they don't knock on my van window at some point, kick me out of the parking lot, because if they do, Jared, you might have to host the rest of this episode by yourself. But here we are, Help I Suck at Dating virtual live event and they said it couldn't be done but we're making it happen oh they told us we weren't allowed to have a live event in person so they waited till pandemic for us to have a virtual one and yet here we are help i suck at data i mean we've been doing this podcast for what two years now and this is our first live event thank you everybody who is uh virtually joining us for our first ever live podcast i can't agree more with dean i'm very nervous that we're just gonna screw this whole thing up uh whether it be a technical (laughs) issue or we just say something that you know uh gets us canceled uh uh no it's gonna be great it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be super fun we have some great guests obviously mike johnson evan bass and taylor nolan we also have a dating expert coming on later on the podcast. You guys can please ask us questions. Uh, I think that will be towards the later part of the podcast. Usually when we do emails, instead, we're going to answer your guys' questions. It's going to be a grand old time. I don't know how that phrase came to be, but I use it all the time. But Dean, how are you doing right now? Where are you? Um, Jared, what's up, man? I'm doing well. I currently am 
uh, somewhere near the south rim of the Grand Canyon. Kaylin and I drove out here for a couple days. And it's honestly kind of it's shocking how hard it is to find Wi-Fi to steal around the Grand Canyon area. Um, I probably should have postponed this trip a couple days and done it from Kaylin's apartment. But you know what? That's too easy. That's not how we operate over here. So uh, that's where I'm at. We already have a couple people that are uh, in the chat room. So we want to say hi to Martina, Jay, and Becky. Uh, thank you guys for being our only three listeners and fans that are in the the chat right now. Eliza, you as well. Um, I honestly, we, I don't think we can see how many people are listening to this live. So I'm just going to go ahead and assume it's 3 million people. We have 3 million viewers right now, and we're not going to let a single wow. one of you down. I, I, I um, was going to go with like roughly 750,000, but I like that you're in the 70s. Yeah. I don't know for for the listeners that are watch, listening to this or watching this podcast. It's weird to say watching this podcast because we always have to say listening. Uh, I, I hope you can recall the moment on Bachelor in Paradise this past season when I was talking to Kaylin and I said, "Under promise, over deliver," and that's exactly what we're going to do here. We're going to under promise. It's not going to be a great podcast, but we're going to over deliver and hopefully rock your freaking world. So uh, we've been doing yeah, that Jared for two years. Guys. Yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> with some with some open room for debate there um but yeah jared you nailed it on the head man it's like every time we record a podcast usually it doesn't happen but there are times where we're like hey could you like take that little snippet of me saying that stupid thing out of it and they're like yeah sure no thing no problem at all but now uh whatever we say has to we just have to live with the consequences of it will be held against us in the court of law um yeah. This is also like everybody watching this podcast. This is a good example of like the two people that you guys listen to on a weekly basis. Dean, what are you drinking right now? Uh, I found this local brewery here uh, near the Grand Canyon. It's called Tower Station. It's a nice IPA. Uh, Ooh. We got lunch earlier today, and I made sure to put one of those in our in the fridge so that way I have a nice old uh, beer in the van while we recorded this this podcast. Normally, I don't drink when I record a podcast, but I figure special circumstances we got a live podcast it's late in the afternoon it calls for at least a beer to celebrate yeah oh things i couldn't agree more you got to celebrate got to have a beer but it's funny because you're the cool guy you're in the van you know you got swag or suave whatever you want to say you made fun of me for saying swag at one point but you're drinking a beer and ipa and then here i am uh in my bedroom next to a leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> pillow funny. Uh, first of all, so it says Sweet Dreams Crystal Love Leo. Crystal, uh, I'm in her bedroom actually, is the one that signed me up for The Bachelorette. Uh, so really, I have her to thank uh, for finding my wife. And as you can see, uh, instead of an IPA, I have a, a bubbly uh, blackberry sparkling water. That's the type of guy you guys mm. listen to on a weekly basis. And I, I thank you for doing that. Not not only does she have the Sweet Dreams uh, by from Leo pillow she also just has like a small little leo pillow with leo's face uh just plastered all over this thing uh which apparently gives you the sweetest of dreams uh and but... before hey jared before before we get to our first guest i just have one quick question garrett crystal is your sister correct uh no she's pretty much like my sister my dad always says she's the adopted daughter that he never asked for but is very grateful that is in our life uh so she she was really close with my sister, my sister Shannon. They were really close, and then I became really close with, like we became really close all together. Uh, and then it was just like she's you know like my sister pretty much. And then uh, of course like one day she signed me up for the Bachelorette. Always said I should do it, never did. She signed me up, and obviously here I am. 
uh, hosting a podcast with you, my fine fellow. And you want to know what, what more about this podcast is coming up in just a couple seconds. We have an incredible guest. Jared, tell us about our very first guest we have on our very first live podcast. Well, our our very first guest, I mean, you guys know him, of course. He doesn't really need an intro. Now, he just wrote a book. It is available for pre-order today. It is called Making the Love You Want. You know him from Hannah Brown's season of The Bachelorette. And then, of course, he went on to Bachelor in Paradise, where he had a fling with Sydney. Uh, it's Mike Johnson, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Johnson is our first guest on our first ever live Help I Suck It Dating podcast. I think we're going to bring him up right now with a little intro video. Yeah, I like the intro video idea. That's there dope. he is. Look at that. Mike, what's Mike up? Do we... Johnson. Wait. What's up, gentlemen? How y'all doing? We just got a beautiful, a beautiful beaming smile from Mike Johnson over there. What's up, buddy? How are you? What's up, bro? How y'all How y'all doing? Dude, we're oh, doing, you know, we're, we're surviving. Living the dream. I'm telling you, Mike, it's so funny. So you're, I, I was, I was looking you up a little bit beforehand and I didn't know that your website yeah. is Mike Johnson smile.com. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, bro. The, the dude, cause you know, Mike Johnson, my mom gave me like the most generic name in the world. <laughs> so Mike Johnson domain was already taken. I offered to do 500 for a domain name, offered him a thousand for a domain name, then 1500. And he still said no, so I was like, I'm just going to go with my smile. And MikeJohnsonSmile.com is where it's at. <laughs> that works. I, I love I also, it. Mike, tell us about this I, book that you just wrote, because I'm, I'm curious to hear more about it. Yeah, Making the Love You Want, man. It's all about uh, – I, I just posted today on my IG some personal stuff about things that we go through in our lives that we kind of don't want to tell people that may bog us down or something of that nature. But I wanted to – write in this book how to alleviate yourself from any stress that you may go through, anything that comes upon you, uh, and learn how to like have that boss-ass attitude that you, Dean, I know for a fact have as well, because I remember seeing you on Paradise, and I was like, that dude has it. Like, he literally has it, right? How to get that personality, uh, how to get that smile that you have, Jared, and how to just boss up in life Aww. in every regard. I, I do. Well, I your say, smile uh, is is way better than mine, my friend. It it makes sense for you to write that book because, as complimentary you are of both Jared and I, you definitely possess that same quality that you want other people to have as well. So I can definitely see it's kind of like uh, you're 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 telling people how to to do the thing that you're obviously capable of doing yourself, which is definitely a, a good way to lean into it. I mean, yeah, um, I had to also go through the things that are in my book in order to write the book. Right. That's the only way that I have been able to write the mantras and the exercises because I created them when I went through it um, from dealing with personal trauma of like sexual harassment, sexual assault uh, to dealing with things like being doing illegal things where I can be in prison right now. Um, and the rest of that stuff will be in a book on how to turn your life around and how to be a not a product of your society and how to create the love that you want. You're always keeping it real. You always uh, a thousand percent say what's on your mind. And that's a very uh, admirable trait, especially in today's day and age, especially in someone uh, that's put in the position that, that you and me and Jared are all put in too, where it's like you want to say the right thing. You want to do the right thing to make the most amount of people happy. But in reality, uh, it's not necessarily true to yourself. So what you're doing is actually you're speaking your truth all the time, which is very, very admirable. Facts. I appreciate that. Um, definitely so. Of course, man. 
Yeah, man. You said on your Instagram that you you're finding vulnerability to be sexy now. So, like, my question for you is, what does Mike Johnson look for in a female? Bro, I suck at dating, man. Like, come on. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Comes from the, the guy that's been in a relationship for over a year now, the guy that's married. <laughs> I am not yeah, there yet. Help me out. Here's the thing about sucking at dating. We all suck at dating. Like, there are all aspects of, of relationships and dating that we suck at. And my wife, who apparently is joining us on this podcast, can certainly attest to. You, well, we got Mike on the on the podcast. You make a cameo later. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> she can definitely tell you that there are many things that I suck at at dating. Uh, so just because I'm married doesn't mean that, I'm, that I, I don't suck at it. But, yeah, Mike, so you say that you're looking for somebody who's vulnerable. Uh, what are some other qualities, because obviously we're a dating podcast, that you look for in, a, uh, in somebody that you uh, hope to have a relationship with? To be honest, I, I'm pretty – out there, I'm pretty outgoing. So I would say someone that isn't afraid to get out of their comfort zone, right? Someone that is willing to try to do something at least one time, you know, and not be so rigid in their ways and stuck in their ways. Uh, I love to be goofy and smile and laugh. And, but I, like Dean said, I definitely can confront people. And so I want someone, I want a woman that has like a strong backbone that can tell me when I'm wrong. Yeah. We got to find, we got to find the right girl for Mike. I know there's been a lot of, uh, Mike for Bachelor promotion before Matt James was uh, uh, given the role. And I honestly, I was in the same cha- same train as well. I always wanted Mike for Bachelor. It's like we never really got that happy ending that we wanted for you out of Bachelor in Paradise. Obviously, you and I kind of rolled in at the same time. Um, but there was just always, I feel like it just, it wasn't able to connect for you. And I feel like obviously all we want for you is to be happy and to be with that person that's right for you. And I'm not going to say we feel slighted because Matt James, who we've never even seen on television before, is a bachelor because I'm sure he's going to do fantastic. But uh, I, I was always pulling for you to be the bachelor. So I feel like maybe one day we can see it. Who knows? I appreciate that, homie. But I, I mean, I would say that's not something that I hold my breath on, you know? Like, if it happens, then it happens, and I'm elated for it. But as well, like, I'm working on myself and doing great things for myself to build myself up so therefore when i do find my partner i'm ready you know to uh give all of me to her so there's two things that i wanted to ask you mike um one there was a lot of rumors uh when claire was first announced as the bachelorette that you i don't know if you heard any of these that like you potentially could show up on her season um what? so my my question is i i because i heard rumors about that because matt was announced as the bachelor and they, and then i heard like there was online rumors that is, is mike johnson going to show up on clarity so, so one why do you think those rumors were out there and then two do you think you'd ever go back on the bachelor bachelor franchise i would go on a bachelor franchise again if you know everything was right and then i think the rumors were just there because people want to see your boy on tv again <laughs> that's right baby that's right people want to see that Mike well, Johnson smile I know if Matt James is bachelor in 2020, uh, 2021 then we need if, if Mike Johnson is still single by 2022 which would be a miracle because you're good looking smart uh, intelligent sweet and a catch but mm-hmm. if somehow you are not taken by 2022 we are saying it here first on help I suck at dating Mike Johnson bachelor <laughs> 2022 
I appreciate that, homie. I definitely do. I don't got your jawline though, bro. Hey, You're Mike, just the jawline. Yeah, but you have a way better beard. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm missing all. I'm missing both of those things. No beard, no jawline. But Mike, we got the uh, the live <laughs> listeners are listening in and they're asking you questions. Uh, Tori wants to know how are you dating in quarantine because hosting this podcast, it's it's Jared and I who are both in relationships, so it's kind of hard for us to be like topical with how we're dating new people during quarantine so what what's kind of like uh what's been your method for a meeting new people and then b uh progressing a relationship in this environment i definitely have gone on some dates in quarantine can't lie um i think that yeah this is yeah i'm gonna be 100 breaking news here on help i suck at dating (laughs) (laughs) dean you already said i'm always be 100 right so i'm definitely i appreciate that going on dates in quarantine I, uh, you just got to be creative. You know, you could be, you still can be suave. You still can be poised. You still can have swag and just come up with some out of the box ideas. Right. So let's say I'm dating a woman and I know her, I know her favorite dessert. I can have cheesecake factory delivered to a crib, you know, Uber eats it or something. Right. Right. Before I call her for our FaceTime, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that you can do that's sweet and sincere. I mean, it's, it's, and, it's, and what are we, it's really fun to me. What are we talking about here? How, how do you how do you meet these girls? Are we talking uh, like dating apps, or are you like you're going for no, hikes so. over in Texas, and you're like you're hollering at girls from a, a distance? Because again, it's like how well can you really gauge interest in someone if you can't really get closer than six feet to them? You know what I mean? Um, I think that well, one the way I've done it to answer your question, I've been I definitely have uh, started to use DMs. I don't lie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. As you add, a yeah, thousand percent should. Instagram, Instagram is unquestionably the best dating app. And people, my in my uh, my mistake, Bumble and Tinder and Raya are all great apps, but Instagram is the app that's best for meeting people. No, so I'm a, I'm gonna put y'all on game that y'all do not need to know because y'all are both you know in committed beautiful relationships. Uh, I have gotten a date off of LinkedIn. Dead serious. Which is wild to say. Tell us how that happened. We got yeah, to hear. I want to hear this. I mean, just on LinkedIn, like I'm, I'm serious about, I try to be a professional in all regards, <laughs> just cause I've been on TV. I try to keep it professional, right? And keep it G. But like, if I find you like alluring and attractive, like outside from a, a looks perspective, but I, if I like your, that your goal driven and or goal oriented, I'm going to come holler at you. And so, you know, in the LinkedIn DMs, it works the same way. <laughs> here's here's my question for you, because so, I, Mike, I used to be, a, I know we talked about this quite a bit on Bachelor in Paradise. I used to be a recruiter for small businesses in California. But if I ever found a girl on LinkedIn and I was like, oh, this girl's cute, I would always <laughs> like try to find their Instagram because it's a little bit more of a personal uh, platform, right? So you were just like, you know what, screw going to Instagram. I'm just going to go ahead and straight send them an in-mail real quick on, on LinkedIn and see if they get back to me. Maybe there like a, you, there's, a good way to, to, there's a good way to word it too. Like, let's meet up for coffee and see if we can connect like like professionally and see if anything goes from there. But I, I just want to know, like, how did that whole thing happen? No, like literally that's what it is. So I don't drink coffee, but I'll say something like, hey, I'm going for a jog tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. Would you like to go to Starbucks? You get a coffee, I get a strawberry frap. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I'll tell you what's happening right now. I literally I, I can guarantee you this is happening right now. Every girl in the Dallas, Houston, Texas surrounding area is updating their LinkedIn profile to make it as appealing <laughs> as possible for you to send them an oh, email. Absolutely. 
New profile. Yo, I mean, LinkedIn is where it's Get, at. Because I can see more of you, right? Guaranteed. I can see. I can see more of your personality from a business aspect, right? On Instagram, we always showing like highlight, highlight, highlight. But if you're actually yeah. active on LinkedIn, that says something right there. Because who's active on LinkedIn? Nobody. But if you are active on LinkedIn, that says something to me right there. It speaks to your personality more, right? Can, I I gotta say something too. Honestly, you huh. you you using LinkedIn, you're not just about uh, looks because what you're doing on Instagram is they're all like you said these curated images, these models. But you don't really you, you don't really get to know anything about them until you you know hopefully you get to meet them. But on LinkedIn, you see uh, recommendations and their education and their their job history. You get to learn a lot more about them than just how they look. And so that honestly says a lot about you that you're you, that you're wanting to get deeper right out of the out of the gates too. Which is I'll, I'll be honest, I've I've used LinkedIn as a dating resource years and years and years ago, uh, and it always failed me miserably. So it's good to hear that you're using it a little bit more successfully than I ever have. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Dean, let's be honest. Like years and years and years ago, we both were in different positions, right? So, <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. There was there was times where I had conversations too, and I was like, yeah, like let's meet up for coffee. So this girl who, like, yes, she was very promising as like a potential candidate for a role that I might have had, but there was like underlying, like, oh, she might be cute. We might like sp like hit it off, whatever. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just, I, I never had the luck with it, but, uh, it's good to know that, 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 that lives on in, in other people out there. So, <laughs> and that are more, more Facts. successful with it too. Yeah. Facts. Well, I'm not successful yet. I don't, I don't got, I don't have a significant other yet. It's not IG official. So when, once that happens, then, then I'm good. Then I'm good. Hey, did I see something too, that you and Connor moved in together down in Texas as well? Yeah, Connor and I definitely uh, we're moving in together. We haven't moved in today just yet, but we're moving in uh, in Austin. So y'all both will have to come out, you know, have some uh, have some fun. Only if Connor lets me. I don't know if he's forgiven me. Uh, yeah. Oh, the whole, uh, forget, uh, the forget about that. Well, I legit forget about that. I legit <laughs> forget about that because to me it's like not. To, I've told Connor about this right because I don't really care. I just want people happy. I'm like Connor, bro. That was like a year ago, homie. Like. Whatever happened has happened. It's, it's, it's subsided, obviously. I have to share this story real quick. Wait. So when I pulled into Paradise, uh, like I said earlier, I was I was a late arrival. Mike was uh, the arrival just before me. And I got there, talked to the girls, as you do. That's customary for once you get to Paradise. And uh, ultimately, I decided to take Kaylin on the date, get back from that date. And all the new arrivals get put into like a, a room where they all like, sleep together and uh, wake up the next day because the date went, went late. And Mike and I had this conversation. And Mike said something along the lines of, yeah, I got here yesterday. I took Kaylin on a date too. And uh, I just want to let you know that I admire you for having good taste. And I was like, dude, honestly, there's a million ways Obviously. you can approach a conversation <laughs> with someone that just took the girl that you're interested in out on a date and telling them that they have good taste <laughs> is like the most badass way to say it because it makes you seem so like, and I, not, not seem, but it makes you honestly like the coolest guy because most people would be like pissed off or like they would get territorial or whatever. But not Mike. Mike is a dude that a hundred percent the entire time was like, I, I respect it. Like, uh, you know, it, it was a good decision. I had the same idea and was a hundred percent supportive and uh, uh, embracing of the entire situation. And uh, I'm not saying Connor wasn't this way, but there was definitely like a little bit of resentment I, I felt from Connor towards me, even though it was a bit of a different situation. But I, just, I had to give Mike some some props for that because that was that was a, a very stand up move on your part. Bro, I forgot all about that. I, I remember it now that you said it, but I, <laughs> that's crazy. That is exactly what I said to you. I forgot all about that. 
<laughs> Absolutely. I was I was laying in the top bunk too, and uh, and you said that to me, and I we, I was laying in the, literally like a, a bunk bed that was nine feet tall, and Mike and I are standing eye to eye because he's so goddamn tall. And uh, you, you said it to me, and I was like, I was like, dude, I just met you, and that's honestly like the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. So thank you so much. So yeah, I, I, it's definitely stuck with me. So I just want to let you know I appreciate that. No, for sure, bro. For sure. I just want people happy. So. Being in the bachelor world, man, it's just like you're one degree of separation from everybody. Well, you know, it's it's that is uh, true. It's just something that Connor will be, I'm sure, uh, a okay with. Um. But, uh, Mike, before you go, uh, I wanted to ask you, you know, you're doing all these things. You're writing books. Uh, you're staying in the public eye. Like, people are very interested in what Mike Johnson has going on next. So, in five years, where do you see yourself? In five years, I'm going to be – I appreciate that. I already know the answer to it as well. In five years, I'm going to be a household name ten times bigger than just some dude that was on The Bachelor. Damn, you do Period. have a like personality, man. Like, I you like do, that answer. You do, like, when you say something, it's like, <laughs> that's, that's happening. Like, Mike Johnson just said it. It's going to happen. Like, so he just said it the way he said it. Do we know how, do we know, do we know the path that's going to get in there? Or, yeah, what? definitely. I, I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you share a little bit with us? Just a little bit with us. Because I'm looking I'll for share a little where bit. I can be that in that same, in that same, uh, same ballpark in five years as well. <laughs> You're doing great, homie. You're doing great. I think uh, the biggest thing is people don't care about that you got going on until they know that you actually care yourself about what you got going on, right? And so as time continues to go on, people will start to believe, like, what you just said, Dean, about me, which I completely forgot about, that's my true nature, my true personality, right? So someone will be like, wow, Mike isn't putting on a front. He said that when no cameras were around, he's just talking to the homie that he just met today, right? And so my path will be I'm writing a book that the next thing you're like, wow, he's not playing any games. My apologies. And then from there, I'm going on a book tour. Uh, and then from there, I have huge news coming out next year, two big things that I'm working on right now in regards to the, the same realm, but I'll get a whole lot more engagement on because it's a topic everyone wants to know about. Um, and then from there, I'm going to have a badass wife with, that's super soul-spirited, have some dope-ass kids. I might travel like Dean, and I'm just going to go bigger. Dog, I, I, I love it. it Dude, you know who you remind me of? Like, uh, And this is uh, – I, I hope you take this as a compliment because have you ever seen the first Bad Boys? Because <laughs> Will Smith's character, Mike Lowry, is like just like the coolest character of all time. He's like the most badass guy. Dude, you remind me so much of Mike Lowry. I don't know if you remember in the movie, but Martin Lawrence has to pretend he's Will Smith. And, like, the way Will Smith says his Not name yet. in the movie, he's like, Mike Lowry. Like, because he's just so cool Not when yet. he says his name. That, that's you, a... you remind me of Mike Lowry because <laughs> you're just, like, badass. So the point being is you should be starring in Bad Boys 4. That's pretty much what I'm getting at. Let's make it happen. That's my nickname, actually. That's what they <laughs> call me. But I had to get rid of that nickname because Mike Lowry also has a uh, – a very pretentious side, and so I don't want that pretentious that pretentious aspect to it. It's just my. Oh, Larry, but he's got so. a sweet. He's got a good heart. That's why everybody loves him. You know, he's got. He's he's good on the inside. He, you know. That is true. That is what I am. <laughs> um, well, Mike, thanks so much for joining us, man. You are always a pleasure. Thank you for being on our first live podcast. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it. Um, once again, everybody, go pre-order 
Mike's book today, Making the Love You Want. It is available for pre-order today, and it comes out in the fall. Do you have a date for when it comes out yet? Yeah, it comes out October 2nd, World Smile Day. You know, we did that on purpose. Go to MikeJohnsonSmile.com to check it out. Awesome. Mike Johnson Smile. Mike, dude, man, we appreciate you, my man. Love it. I thank y'all. Y'all have a good one. Congratulations also, by the way. Thanks, man. Oh, dude. Come on. You're our first live guest on our first live podcast. Unbelievable. You're the man. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> thank y'all. Y'all have a good one. Tell tell your ladies I said right. hi as well. I will, man. Thank I you. won't. I promise you I won't. I yeah, yeah. Won't. Actually, on second thought. <laughs> <laughs>
balancing glucose levels and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Taylor! Taylor! What's up? Hello! The first ever live Help I Suck at Dating. Oh my gosh, what an absolute sight for sore eyes over there. How are you, Taylor? I'm good. I just caught the end of Mike there and... He is so fantastic, and I loved both of you in a way, like, boy crushing on him. It was very cute to watch. Sometimes it's it's not difficult to boy crush on Mike, you know? It's not often, but sometimes I wish I was single so I could give a – take a shot at Mike. You know what I mean? I don't know if it would – I don't know if it worked out. I don't know if it would happen or not, but I just – sometimes I wonder what if. I have a feeling you're not alone in that thought, Dean. <laughs> I agree with that. Anyways, Taylor, welcome to the podcast. We love having you here. You've been here many times. Um, yeah. We are stoked to have you as always. Um, tell us a little bit about what's going on in the life of Taylor Nolan. We have live listeners listening in from all over the world, from Africa, from Australia, from Europe, and even up in Canada, which we know you love so much. Um, fill us in a Canada. little bit about what's going on in your life. Uh, what's going on in my life? Um, You're well away. Still some Canada. Still some Canada in my life. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, in like two weeks, I'm starting my PhD in clinical sexology. Um, so that's exciting, but also terrifying. Um, still seeing clients, literally hopping off of clients to hop onto here. Um, so that's been going really well. Trying to keep all these freaking plants alive um, is like a full-time job, it feels like. <laughs> So yeah, things have been things have been going. Um, so hold on, I want to go back to you're you're currently getting your degree in sexology. Is that yes, yeah, yeah. In September I start my PhD in clinical sexology. So it'll be a two-year program, um, the whole first year. And thankfully I have a girlfriend here who's um an ASEC certified sex therapist and we're taking the program together. Um, but yeah, the mm-hmm. whole first year is like your coursework. And then the second year is your dissertation and supervision. So I'll continue seeing clients through that. Um, but it's super exciting. Like I miss being in school so much and I never thought I would ever get my PhD or like, I've always wanted to be a sexologist and like a sex therapist, but always felt like it was just too far out there for me to do. I don't mm-hmm. know why I just like had imposter syndrome. Um, but now I'm like, holy it's happening. I'm doing it. And it's really exciting. And I know you talked about this on the podcast before, but just give a like little synopsis of what you do as a sex therapist. Yeah. So I feel like the biggest thing uh, that sex therapists and sexologists do is help destigmatize <laughs> sex, help people unlearn a lot of the shame that that is kind of unfortunately built into our sex education. 
Um, and it's not, you know, having sex with people or <laughs> anything like that. Um, but it's a lot of like providing exercises, right. And just helping normalize the language around sex, talking about masturbation and anal play and all these things that people feel like really, why are you talking about that? Um, and just helping normalize it is a huge part of it. I completely agree. I am. I, I love what you're doing because I, I think we have to kind of work towards a society where we normalize sex and more importantly, normalize conversations yeah. around sex. Because like as mm -hmm. a growing, even like from my own personal experience, just growing up as a guy, especially in the digital age with porn. I mean, let's be honest. Yep. Dean knows what I'm talking about. Um, it's just <laughs> like you're just exposed to this. Don't don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. But you're just like exposed to this world, you know, of of like yeah. just kind of learning on the fly. And my parents were the greatest parents, but like I never had mm -hmm. a sit down conversation with my dad where my dad was like, "Hey, listen, this is this is what mm -hmm. it's all about." Like you had, we had like many very uncomfortable and awkward conversations about it. Like I'll never forget. This is an embarrassing story, but whatever. I remember, you know, one time, you know, I'm in my teenage years. I'm in my bedroom alone, you know, I, you know, start, you know, whatever. And then I get Start what, in Jared? On. Put words to it. Say, say it. <laughs> yeah, put words to it, man. Dude, this Come is on. where, <laughs> yeah. I know, you're right. There's you're no shame. Right. We're normalizing because, it right now. No shame. So I started uh, uh, choking the chicken, as they say. <laughs> no, no, uh, we, need no we need legitimate words here, Jared. <laughs> no, I started, it's okay to uh, say you started touching I started yourself. Masturbating. Yep, I started mm -hmm. masturbating, and I got walked in on. It was the only time I ever got walked in. Mm. My dad walked in, and it was horrifying. But like <laughs> later on that night, my dad sat down with me, and he didn't know what to say because like my dad's super old school, you know, and so he's never really confronted a situation like this before. And he was very sweet about it. He was, he was, I remember him just being like, you know, oh, that's normal. Uh, just, you know, try not to do it a lot. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and like, he didn't, it wasn't bad advice. It was just like, he didn't know. But I, I, I think as, you know, Ashley and I start talking about having kids, I want to, you know, prepare mm -hmm. myself and I, I want to be as educated as possible. And I want to feel as comfortable as possible to talk. Uh, with my mm -hmm. kids about these things because I, I want them to learn at, at somewhat of an early age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you literally start teaching your child about their relationship with their genitalia when they are like still a year old, right? Because when you're changing their diaper and when they are going to like touch their genitals in a non-sexual way, right? They're just like, I'm figuring out my body parts. Um, parents often... <laughs> are moving their hands away or swatting it away or saying, nope, nope, we don't touch there. We don't touch there. We don't touch there, right? That's kind of like the first messaging that you start getting about your relationship with your genitalia. Um, so there's so many, there, there really is no, I, I think the sooner the better, it just starting with anatomy even. My, um, I consider her like my chosen sister. Um, she's five years old and you know, she's learning the proper anatomy to her genitalia. You know, she knows that the vagina is the inside part and she knows that the outside is her vulva. Um, I have like a, a internal diagram of the clitoris. It's that little pink thing right there. <laughs> and she saw oh, it yeah, and okay. she's like, what's, she's like, what's that thing? Um, I'll grab it. 
because people can see me, right? <laughs> I, I, yes, I please grab it. it. Please grab it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, so I'm like, we literally pulled this out. And she's like, what's this? And I'm like, well, this is like a part of your vulva. Like this is the part that you see on the outside. And this is called your clitoris. This is the external part that you see. And then this is all what's happening on the inside. So you got bulbs, you got legs, and that's all inside where your vagina is. And I mean, helping young girls especially, but even young boys as well, being able to actually identify their anatomy properly helps us to reduce shame around talking about it, right? Um, growing up and being able to say, yeah, that's my vulva and not hearing everyone be like, oh, you're, she's a pussy, like, blah, blah, like, you know, but being able to be like, mm -mm, that's my vulva. <laughs> you want to know, you want to know what's messed up? And uh, I, 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 even just sharing this story is uncomfortable for me. And I understand the, the idea of normalizing these conversations, but you're right. There's like this weird underlying uh, inherent, not even inherent, but just taught uh, thing where t even speaking on this stuff is like taboo of sorts, you know? Um, yeah. I don't think I ever really started asking a girl if they liked or what they liked or preferred sexually mm -hmm. until I was like 26 years old. 26 yeah. years old. I was sexually active <laughs> nearly a decade before I started asking then? a girl what they liked. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's I sad feel like, I I feel like that's, I, that's the norm. I feel like I was an early adopter. I feel like when it happened, I was like, wow, I asked a girl if what I was doing was enjoyable for her. I'm like really progressive and cool. But in reality, that's pretty bad. 26, a decade of sexual activity. And it took me that long to figure out to start asking the girl if they enjoyed it, you know? Well, and that's part of sex education that is lacking, right? How do we have these conversations? Yeah. How do we communicate to each other what we like, right? And a lot of you know, I'm just going to speak to being a female myself and to the women that I know, but I think a lot of women here, I'm going to generalize, um, have struggled to identify what feels good for them and what they like. And there's fear in going about how you communicate it, right? That if you know, when you seem confident in it, then you must be a slut and he might be turned off and he might be intimidated and threatened that you're saying that he doesn't know how to please you. Or there's this, you know, the lack of even asking what do you like doesn't provide a safe space to even feel comfortable to explore that, A, and then B, to communicate it. Um, so I think that's a huge part of our sex education that's lacking because sexual health includes sexual pleasure and sex education should also include pleasure. And being able to communicate that and share with your partner what you like and what you don't like is a huge part of pleasure and health. So what would, is there any piece of advice that you'd give anybody who's listening right now that might be going through a situation similar to that where they're with someone and, uh, you know, from what I've heard, most of the time this happens to women just because it's harder for them to, to, uh, climax, uh, which is, you know, how do I, how do I convey to my partner, this is what I like without them feeling, uh, defensive or insecure about it i feel like a lot of guys get insecure if they feel like they can't do it on their own even though i'm sure that happens a lot yeah so first i think part of the reason why it can be difficult for <laughs> women to experience orgasm and pleasure sexually in the first place is because of a lack of education around our actual anatomy a right um 
B, I think making sure that you do have a safe space to be able to actually explore that with your partner. Um, I think it's important in any relationship that you understand that your partner has their own relationship with their body. They have their own relationship sexually with their body that is completely independent of you. And that is not to say that, um, you know, that you don't matter or that you don't provide pleasure, but that at the end of the day, you don't own your partner's body. So they're going to experience pleasure without you. And that's not a diss at you, right? So I think that's important to have space to be able to experiment with that. Um, and I, it's disappointing because I think like, we can use sex as a coping skill, just like going for a run, right? So like, are you, do you feel intimidated or threatened or would your partner feel intimidated or threatened if you were having a stressful day and you were like, I really need to go for a run? Probably not. But if you were like, oh, I just want to have some, you know, alone time or I want to pleasure myself in this way or, you know, could you help pleasure me in this way? Like, this is the specific way that I want. Why that doesn't have to be it's a different conversation. Right, right. I agree it with that. that. That makes a lot of sense. It's so funny too, especially when educated people <clears throat> like yourself speak about it. You're always like, I agree with that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But then like you're living your everyday life and you go through it and you're like, well, this is kind of weird. But then mm -hmm. someone like you obviously explains it and you're like, yeah, I definitely see how there's been a, a, mis a mal malpractice of this up until now, even going forward. And that's obviously it's an ongoing conversation. Um, but Taylor, yeah. obviously we love the sex talk. I, I, I could talk about sex with you for hours and hours and hours and just be, I, I, I just love totally being informed can. and educated on all this stuff. Um, but we do have to get to our next guest, but before we get to our next guest, yeah, we want to talk about Vanessa because we love Vanessa. She used to be the, you know, one of the co-hosts mm. with us here on this podcast and you and her are yeah. incredibly good friends as well. Um, mm -hmm. she's got engaged and that's obviously an incredible for an incredible thing for her. Tell us about it yeah. because we haven't had the chance to speak with her yet on this podcast, but we love her and we know you mm -hmm. love her as well. Um, and we know that you know Josh, and Josh is great, but we want to hear from your mm -hmm. perspective what's going on with that. Yeah, well, I'll let her share her story, but um, just very excited for both of them. They're both fantastic people. I absolutely love Josh. He's a fantastic guy. He's always, like, you know, trying to kind of screen the guys I date, too, to make sure that we have, you know, a good double date situation and can, you know, eventually one of these days take trips again together, but... Um, no, Josh is absolutely fantastic and I'm just incredibly happy for both of them. And like since day one, it's always been like, yeah, they're definitely gonna, they're definitely gonna be together for a very, very, very long time. <laughs> it, it really has seemed like that. And you definitely nailed it on the head ever since, uh, I remember Vanessa and I were leaving like a red carpet, iHeartRadio event. And she was like, yeah, I'm going to meet up with Josh. And she like started telling me about Josh. And I was like, you're probably going to marry this guy, aren't you? <laughs> and, yeah yeah and so you can definitely tell from an early stage yeah um no, all right they're, Taylor, well, they're very so happy we we love you thank you for joining us let's talk about your podcast real quick before we part ways we've talked about it a bunch but um it's called let's, let's talk, talk about, about it, it. it pretty pretty funny <laughs> let's talk about your podcast it. real quick it's almost like you planned yeah. that or something <laughs> i know um right? so for the it listeners is... that haven't listened to taylor's podcast <laughs> let's talk about it uh it's a great podcast and obviously you just heard her speak yeah. you know she's well educated and well informed and opinionated and that's all the all the stuff we want to keep here and so check her out um and check her out on instagram as well taylor thank you yeah taylor, thanks thank so much you. for having me
Of course. And I just want to say thank you for everything you're doing and uh, good luck with school. I think what you're doing is very important. Uh, and I Thanks. just wanted to let you know that. Thanks. Doing my best. <laughs>
meals a day. Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Oh, my good Lord in heaven. The man, the myth, the legend. Is that a Is this thing on? Do I see a thigh? A very pale, hairy thigh? (laughs) Look. I've been inside a lot What's lately. What's up, okay? brother? Evan Bass, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, Jared. How you doing, buddy? Hey, can anyone hear Evan? I can't. I can't hear him. Can you, Jared? You can hear him. I can hear him. Yeah, you can't hear him. I oh, his, his video just went out. You guys, his are video just enemies. went out. I can't. I forgot see, about I can, this. I can't see him now either. His video is out. I can't hear I or set it see up like him. That. Or... I did not want to see or talk to Dean. So hopefully, I'm glad this <laughs> that was part of my contract. Oh, uh, I is this the first time you guys are like interacting? No. <laughs> I I I don't want to talk about it. You know, it's it's uh. I I can't remember it's, why. I'm I hate so him, happy to finally just... have my role model. My muse and my best friend as a guest on this podcast. It's been so long. But, I've DM requested you, you so many times, and every single one you of them both un- have unopened. You have so much in common. <laughs> oh wow! Yes, look at these. Look at these guys. Wait, how did this even begin? I forget the whole Dean Evan thing. Honestly, it escaped my mind until. Until Dean started saying that your video was out. And I was like, oh, he's doing this on purpose. Oh, yeah. How did this, like, rivalry even begin? I, I think it's it's been a one-sided feud for me. I mean, I don't think I've ever actually <laughs> talked to Dean. I've always just completely despised him. That's really it. So, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. I want to be clear to say uh, you're not alone in your uh, disposition for me. Oh. And it's totally warranted. It's totally necessary. And just to let you know, the feeling is absolutely fucking mutual, okay? Bring it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Evan, well, Evan. How you, you got in a buddy? relationship, and then, like, it's like, by bachelor law, I can't be mad at you anymore now that you're in a relationship. Like, we have to cheer for the couples. Like, that's, it's, it really was upsetting, frankly. Oh, well. Don't tell Kayla. Uh, I hope she doesn't listen to this live podcast, but literally the only reason I dated her was to be able to make amends with you. Oh, <laughs> uh, that is freaking <laughs> awesome, Evan. The last time I saw you was when the Patriots uh, beat the Kansas City Chiefs in one of the greatest games yes! ever played, the AFC oh, Championship game. My God, we were down in Cancun, Mexico, with Lauren Zima. Yep. <laughs> and yes. it was oh, so Lauren. funny. We we were grill. I'll never forget. So this is when Lauren was uh dating Chris, but before they came out, and we were grilling her because we were like, "Who?" <laughs> she she told us she's like, "Oh, I have a boyfriend." And we we're like, "Who the hell is it?" She's like, "I I can't really. I don't want to talk about it. Like yeah. it's not public." And we were like, "Who the hell is it?" And I remember at one point in the night, we were we were driving. We saw this. Uh, I don't know if you came with us or not, but we saw. Did you come to the? Uh, the theater 
what what did we go see? Yeah, of course the uh, the musical oh. the um yeah the rock and roll uh God, yeah uh, rock of ages rock of ages um, yeah. and so we saw rock of ages and at one point in the car i was like are you dating chris harrison because i just like threw the name out there and she was like oh ha 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 and she didn't say anything and then i totally forgot about it and then like two weeks later she came out <laughs> dating chris harrison um but uh i see that you're oh. like in your 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 kingdom right now you you kind of look like a king you're you're your, do your I? Leg is oh. up. You look, you know, like your your little bed. Is it distracting uh, what you? What is it called? No, not at all. I think it's fantastic. But how are you? How are the kids? How's family? How are you doing, buddy? Oh, everybody's. There's just so many of the kids now that it's just very intense. And um, there's. I mean, I can't keep track of them. I mean, I've got a 19 year old and then a nine month old. It's like insane. So, uh, yeah. I mean, life is good and everybody's healthy. Thank God. But yeah, things are great. Good, man. Evan, there's been one burning um, question I've been dying to ask you, and, it, and not just me have been dying to ask you this question, because a lot of our live listeners and watchers of this podcast right now will literally not stop messaging uh, this question, and we have to know, what is your go-to Cheesecake Factory order? Oh, the enchiladas. Enchiladas from Cheesecake Factory? <laughs> They're amazing. They're life changing. You've never had the enchiladas? Yeah, you gotta, you gotta do. I didn't even know that Cheesecake Factory made enchiladas. That's a, that's a, that's a. Oh, they Mexican make Mexican food order. You can literally say anything, and they will make it for you. Like that's one of the most <laughs> yeah. intense, long, you know, menus I've ever seen in my entire life. You can. Well, there you have it. It's a question moment. that we've all been dying to know: enchiladas. Is it what is it? Pork, beef, uh, chicken. Fish and Did they make fish and chalada? I don't even know anymore. That's a great I mean, question. Yeah, good to know. I'll have to, I'll have to <laughs> what was your, uh, Evan, what uh, was your go-to order in paradise? Oh, man. Uh, dude, it was, it was like, they made some dish. It was like steak and chicken and like vegetables. And it was like, and then we'd make them fajitas. I mean, I guess it's basically, yeah, fajitas. Oh, but the chocolate oh, okay, shakes in paradise. Did you yeah, guys ever have bomb. the chocolate shakes in Paris? Oh my god, they Life were changing. good stuff. I well because you 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 said enchiladas and it reminded me that Paradise uh, the uh, uh, what was it the quesadillas there? Mm. God, they had mm -hmm. this steak and cheese quesadilla with guacamole on the side, and it was just perfection. So good. And anyway, the pizza. Oh. And the pizza was great. The chocolate shakes. I'm so glad you reminded me. Anyway, we are a dating podcast, so I guess we should talk about other things besides oh, yeah. food, even though we can talk about food all day. Uh, obviously, Evan, you are known because, uh, you know, on the show, you were you were the ED guy. You were just the ED yeah. guy. But uh, erectile dysfunction is a very real thing. And uh, so can you kind of tell us what ED exactly is and uh, um, just kind of give us the overview of, like, who it affects, at what age does it mostly start affecting people, uh, and kind of the stress that's, uh, uh, along with it stigma, uh, I'll just let you take it. Yeah. I mean, erectile dysfunction is basically the inability to get an erection enough to have sex. So it's pretty simple. Um, and I mean, it, it affects just about every guy at some point in their life. I mean, it's, uh, it's really common, obviously affects guys more as they get older, but younger guys have it too. Um, see a lot of younger guys, especially nowadays. Uh, that 
that are suffering from it. Um, usually with younger guys, you know, I'm talking and by younger, I mean like under 40. So like it's under 40 is young to me still. So, uh, <laughs> those guys usually, um, you know, they, they end up not having it for, for life or something. It can just be like an intermittent thing. I mean, like, you know, people in college, you drink too much and then, you know, you can't get it up. You do cocaine. You're not going to get, get an erection after that. a lot of times, so, um, happens a lot to younger guys question for you then you're definitely not a younger guy right we do we all know that you're getting up there in age you're you're, you're kind of in the you're getting close to retirement whatever it is how do you how do you keep the spice alive in your relationship then as an old man that's probably dealing with these chronic illnesses you're not keeping it alive it's like insane no that's so <laughs> like, just like the hardest thing ever i mean it's when you know as soon as isabella goes down then chuck bass wakes back up and then you know then i've got a teenager who needs help with his freaking book report who had waited till the last minute to do before summer reading and so it's very it's difficult yeah yeah but evan you are pumping out kids faster than uh freaking than bugs bunny on easter over there so obviously the the, yeah, the romance doesn't the spark miss. is still there uh, yeah I, uh, it's, that's exactly right Jared. it just takes one shot you know <laughs> <laughs> But I'm curious because there is there is this stigma uh, against erectile dysfunction. And like you said, Evan, it is very common. Um, But I've also heard this not only from men who feel insecure when they can't perform, but also females uh, think that it's them that they like if a a guy can't get it up, then a a woman feels, oh, my God, he's not attracted to me. Obviously, I don't think that's true, but maybe you could elaborate a little bit on that to make females who are listening to this right now uh, a little bit more comfortable letting them know that, hey, if if a guy has erectile dysfunction, it's not that he's not attracted to you. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, for guys, it's like as long as it's warm and moist, it's fine. Sometimes even it's just not moist, it's fine. Like It's not a big <laughs> deal. So it's not uh, it's usually not almost never is it sexual attraction. Um, it, a lot of times, like, uh, had a guy who, um, came to me and he was like, man, for a year I've been starting fights with my wife, um, because I can't get it up. And so at night before bed, I start fights and then I'll go sleep on the couch because I don't want to like be put in that awkward position of having to like get it up when I know I can't. And so, um, guys are very, um, you know, protective our egos are very fragile around our member and so it's like uh, a, a difficult thing to talk about i mean you know it, it's and so a lot of time you know i don't know why women think it's them but it's it's just it's just not like guys always want to have mm-hmm. sex like it's just and a lot of times if they don't then it's there's something else going on one thing i've noticed and this might be tmi or maybe i've shared it on the podcast before i honestly do not know is my sex drive strongly diminishes if I'm not like working out or like physically in shape. So after I broke my leg, my sex drive started depleting quite a bit, not because my leg was broken, but because I felt ending in my torso and my arms like getting softer. And there were things like, I was like, even like Evan just said, I was like pretty down on myself. I was like, wow, like I'm not, you know, I'm not like as uh, vigorous as I used to be or anything like that. But then I was like, well, it's probably because you feel like a fat piece of I'm sorry for my language, but that's honestly what I, that's, that's where I, that's where I ended up. Yeah, totally, man. I mean, anxiety and stress 
are um, probably the number one cause of ED in, in young people. I don't know. That's not a medical fact, but that's, I mean, see that all the time where it's just like life is weighing on a guy or, um, you know, yeah, like <clears throat> you start to get that little punch in your belly, you lose your uh, self-confidence and, um, and then it's like, oh, I don't, you know, do I still got it? Am I still going to impress, uh, impress her or whatever? And, and, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough to come back. It's actually like a, this negative feedback loop that sort of spirals down. And then it's like, you have one bad encounter and you're like, oh my God. And then all of a sudden it's like another bad, am I going to, is the next time I go to have sex, am I going to like not be able to get up again? What's going to happen? So then, then you kind of avoid it. And if it's not talked about, then it ends up being, you know, kind of a big deal. A lot of guys will, you know, go to the doctor and ask for pills or something if, um, if they, you know, and not tell their, their significant, their, uh, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. And, um, and so, yeah, they try to hide it and, and sometimes that works, you know, but, uh, communication is always the best, obviously. Um, so before you go, Evan, I did want to ask you, how do you think we can, uh, make talking about erectile dysfunction more normal because like we talked about it is very uncomfortable it's hard to communicate it especially as a guy you start feeling insecure um and we actually just had taylor nolan on the podcast who's becoming a sex therapist which is incredible and she really wants to start normalizing just discussions about sex uh so we can learn at a younger age uh about what sex really is and so i guess my question is for you like i said what do you suggest to make the discussion around erectile dysfunction more normalized? I think you got to joke about it. You got to have fun with it. Um, you know, the memes are plentiful. The jokes are plentiful. I mean, you just got to like, um, you know, just kind of bring it around that way. And especially like if you're going to go, mm -hmm. if you suspect your guy might have ED or if he does have ED and he just doesn't want to talk about it, um, you know, you got to do like the Oreo approach, right? Like you got to do the positive affirmation I really love your dick. It's really beautiful and it's awesome. Um, but, but you know, like we should talk about like have like let's try some of this stuff that's out there and available that we can you know mess around with and have fun. Kind of make it sort of like a sex toy, but it's like but it's a Viagra. <laughs> and then, but yeah. I just I just love that. You know, like I love you and I love the intimacy and all that stuff. So if you, as long as you stroke a guy's ego, um, you know, you can usually no pun intended. Sorry. Uh, as long as you stroke yeah. his ego, then you can usually. Um, you know, that, uh, <laughs> I was going to make another joke, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, it, it <laughs> loops the entry. So, yeah. Oh, there we go, man. Well, Evan, we really appreciate you coming on. We really, uh, appreciate you, uh, facing your, uh, your, uh, mortal enemy, um, Dean Unglert. And, uh, it's always fun seeing you two interact and thank you for really, uh, you know, talking about, uh, ED, uh, cause I do think it's an important topic, uh, and something that we should, talk more about because like you said it's pretty common yeah for sure love that all right cool man please give my love all right, to Carly hey, and, all, yeah. and all the kids all right yeah, i can't wait to never Thanks, talk guys. to you again evan thank you for fulfilling my quota for my entire lifetime talk crap you never. on twitter i'm just gonna keep going i love it <laughs> uh all right bye, buddy. bye everybody all right see y'all uh, i totally <laughs> forgot about the the uh relationship that you guys had god so good. Oh, good. my anyway, gosh. Anyways, moving on from a very scorned start. and troubled relationship to a beautiful <laughs> budding friendship. Um, we have a dating expert. We've had a lot of, uh, you know, posers and infiltrators on the podcast, ourselves included. Uh, but we finally have an expert that's willing to help us answer some of these questions.
right? I think we, I think. Yeah. Uh, of course, Chris Sider's right here. He's uh, Chris Sider, everybody, ladies and gentlemen. He is the host of the Ex Boyfriend Recovery podcast. And you can get that wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, it is Chris Sider. Uh, Chris, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well, man. Thank you so much for joining us. So this is our first ever live Help I Suck at Dating podcast, obviously virtually. So we really appreciate you coming on uh, and 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 talking uh, all things relationships, which is obviously what your podcast is about as well. But I, I do love the title of your podcast, The Ex-Boyfriend Recovery Podcast. Tell me, <laughs> what does that mean? Well, there's like two different meanings to it, right? So someone who wants to get their ex back can mean that, or someone who wants to recover from their breakup can mean that. So it's kind of playing with two birds, one stone type mentality. The ex-boyfriend. I feel like there's a lot of women that are in this uh, this uh, this live right now that are dealing with ex-boyfriends. I feel like uh, as a guy and an ex-boyfriend, uh, up until I obviously started dating and then married my wife, uh, it's just like exes always come around. They never go away. Why is that? Is it just comfortability? Is it because we already know what we're getting ourselves into? So what I've noticed is usually when you move on, they start to come back, which is sort of like this maybe concept of letting them go. And they're kind of like feeling a little bit of regret. And they start to get romanticized the past a little bit. And I think that mm -hmm. happens a lot. So that that's my take on it, I guess. I feel like, as Jared alluded to just a minute ago, is we've all kind of been in that situation where we've been an ex-boyfriend. If you haven't been an ex-boyfriend or an ex-girlfriend, I guess, granted, our listeners are probably mostly female. Good for you, because I would say 99.9% .9 of us have been an ex at some point. And there's always these feelings <laughs> of you're like, well, maybe I should just get back with my ex. Maybe I should give it another shot. Maybe I didn't put my 100% effort into it. And there's always like these lingering questions at like, what if, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think for sure that what if is kind of the the cusp of everything. You know, people feel, I, I you know, the, they say that the like the third biggest regret in life is like not telling someone that you loved them, not taking your shot. So I feel like there's a lot of that going on with people who sort of romanticize the past after a certain amount of time. So from my own personal experience, it's hard to explain, but my wife and I, we never really were boyfriend girlfriend but we kind of had a fling and then we were just friends for a long time and then we started dating and now we are married so my question is a lot of people um get back with their ex and then they're accused of settling uh you know they'll they'll, they'll break up and then they'll move on and they get back and they're like oh you're settling for that person you're going back so my question is do you think that that's true um do you think that it's healthy uh, to have a breakup in a relationship and then come back together? So I think one of the most unhealthy type of behaviors I've seen is this on again, off again type situation people fall into where they break up and then they get back together and they break up again. And I find with people like that, the challenge really isn't getting their ex back. It's more like keeping the relationship so you don't have that off again phase. And with regards to the settling, I think a lot of times the reason people do that is they have a bit of this grass is greener syndrome. So a lot of times when you go through a breakup, <clears> you're <throat> in this situation where you're thinking you can do better than the person you're with. And then sometimes that's not always proven true. And so 
I don't necessarily think the people who go back to their exes, at least in the moment, feel that they're settling. But uh, maybe there's that stereotypical pressure coming from outside that creates the narrative that you're settling. That's, I guess that's my take on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, the way that Chris speaks, it's very profound. And I, I, I have no uh, issue with agreeing, everything that with agreeing with everything that he's saying. But we do have some listener questions, Chris, that we want to get to. Um, so Danielle wants to know, why do people ghost each other rather than say they're just not interested? What's your take on that? Oh, uh, my take is they're afraid of the confrontation. You know, it's, it's amazing what people will do to avoid the confrontation. So it's sometimes just easier to cut them out completely. So they ghost. And I think with the advent of texting, that is a lot more common now than it used to be, where you'd have to go take them on the date and just sort of have the talk, you know? Well, you don't have to do that anymore. You have like simple, like, oh, just block their number which is not the best way to treat someone, but you could see how convenient it is. I have a friend that's kind of going through a weird situation right now where they are with someone, but they're still talking to their ex. And while they want to be with the person they're dating right now, they're still harboring some feelings for their ex. And they feel that it's, they also feel so bad because the ex wants like, wants to get back together with them so they feel like it's almost better to kind of try to be nice to them and communicate and not just completely shut things off because they feel like that would be harsher than actually cutting off communication do you think that's true or do you think it's just best to completely cut off communication and give them the opportunity to move on with their life i think it depends on the goal of the person if you want to move on i think it's best just to cut off communication and move on um if you don't want to move on one thing we know is that when you're in a relationship with someone else and you start talking to your ex a lot, if you're talking to your ex a lot, it is a sign that you're not as satisfied as you think in the current relationship you're in. I mean, it's like not rocket science, but you'd be kind of surprised at how little people realize that. So I'm wondering if maybe, so if your friend, if he's or she, I don't know the situation exactly, but if she's or he's talking to their ex, I'm wondering, is it just out of being nice or you mentioned there's some unresolved feelings there. So maybe a bit of that grass is greener syndrome is happening to, to him. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I hate saying, I'm not gonna say who it is obviously, but like, I also hate <laughs> saying it's like my friend. Cause then people are gonna be like, Oh, it's him. It's definitely not me. Uh, I'm happily married. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, uh, I, I was very curious about that. I mean, I've been through situations like that. I remember I was, I had a breakup years ago that it was just like like we talked about one of those really bad long breakups because we dated for a while and it was kind of like on and off again and you know we would meet up because it's like hey i do i still want you a part of my life but then we'd meet up and then you know hook up and it was just like this endless cycle and and uh it wasn't healthy for either one of us really uh but dean do you want to get back to the listener questions you have another one yeah, so we have an, we have another one from Martina who wants to know, does distance or time actually make the heart grow fonder? Chris, what do you think about that? Yes, time for sure can make the heart grow fonder, but I don't think it's just like, so a lot of people talk about this concept of playing hard to get, and that is psychologically proven to be effective. Yet I will say the aspect of playing hard to get is you have to at least engage in some type of communication. You know, it's sort of like the hot and cold type aspect. 
So I think distance can make the heart grow fonder and time can make the heart grow fonder if there's some type of communication being involved to make the person at least satisfied in the interaction. So yes, but is, is one of those sort of answers to it. You know, there, there's always kind of a, and to your point, I was going to say, uh, I've been playing hard to get with Kendall Jenner for quite a few years now. And uh, you're right about them having to know that you might be interested in the first place. <laughs> I wouldn't, I yeah, wouldn't man, tell Kaylin that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Hey, listen, you know, we've all got our celebrity crushes. All right. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. My friend. Um, I have another, I have another question for you. Do you think that, um, social media has more of a negative or positive effects on relationships and dating? I think it can be what you make it. Cause a lot of times on social media, I don't think people are putting themselves forward. They're like, you know, they're cropping pictures to make sure it's the best picture, the best version of themselves. I've, I've heard some really horrible horror stories from people that I work with where they, go on dates expecting, you know, the, the dating profile picture to be exactly who they get on the, on the date. And it's not at all. So I think there's that mm -hmm. element. Uh, I think if you use it effectively, it can be really a powerful tool, especially in today's dating environment. But I do see some negative aspects to it, especially we're kind of living more of our lives, especially now more than ever with the quarantine digitally, as opposed to just being in the moment and kind of enjoying each other's company in person so mm -hmm. you, we've all been single at some point in our lives especially with instagram around and whenever you would like find a girl attractive or cute on instagram and you wanted to like maybe get to know them more and slide into the dms or whatever uh what i found out what the, the practice <laughs> that i incorporated later on was pictures as chris said are one thing they can be highly doctored highly edited whatever i would always look for like the videos that they have on their feed and if there was like mm -hmm. a video of them even just like a selfie video of them doing something, you can get a much clearer image of who the person yeah. is going to be. Not only because of that, you can't doctor a video quite as much, but they're like, their mannerisms are obviously much more apparent in those videos. You know what I mean? Well, well what's interesting is that you bring up the video thing. That's something I've seen a lot of success with because of the seven thirty-eight fifty-five rule, which basically is talking about how we perceive communication 7% of how we perceive communication is words. 38% is uh, tone of voice and 55% is body language. So with videos, you're kind of engaging all of that mm. aspect versus just like the DMs. You're just texting back and forth, essentially. Yeah. DMs, uh, man. I've never heard the 738-55 rule, but that, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it's definitely something we're going to have to store away in the memory banks. All right, uh, Chris, Becky wants to know, how do you get out of the talking stage, which even probably is more challenging now during COVID because all we have to do is sit around and talk on our phones, but we can't quite meet up as often. So what do you recommend for the people that are trying to get out of the talking stage? I think trying to, you know, put the 738.55 rule into practice where you're not just texting, because I'm assuming when she says talking, she's just texting back and forth, back and forth, maybe sliding a video in, trying a video chat, doing something of that nature to sort of spice things up a little bit might be a good route to go. I, I agree that there's got to be like, uh, there's got to be like a thing to have, like there has to be, I don't I guess I don't, like a, like a, like a, uh, an idea where you're not like, just like, let's stop talking and let's move it forward. You have to like, 
basically not like egg them on, but like create an event or some sort to like coax them into being more comfortable with the idea of like progressing past the talking stage. You know what I mean? Like, let's say you've got like an inside joke where you both love bunt cakes. You're like, let's go get a bunt cake together. You know what I mean? Like there's gotta be like, in my opinion, there's gotta be like some event or some moment that's like very essential to any progression of a relationship. Uh, and it has to stem from something early on in the talking stage. I think one thing I tell my clients is like what you want are virgin ground topics. Like you want to get so in depth in a conversation with that person that they're talking to you about things that they've never told anyone else before. Um, and certainly I, I don't think, uh, you know, the, the inside jokes, what you're talking about is, is kind of an important aspect as well. But I think you need to kind of, if you, if you're stuck in the talking stage, my guess is you're not talking about ideas. You're talking about people or events and great minds always talk about ideas. So mm-hmm. bunt, yeah. bunt cake yeah. ideas works. <laughs> bunt, bunt cake, cake ideas. ideas. If we're going to leave you one I, thing I, I, with one thing on this podcast, it is bunt cake ideas. There you go. You want to know what's funny is I said, I said bunt cakes. And the reason that I said bunt cakes was because there's this girl in college that I had a huge crush on that worked at a bunt cake shop. And I would often use bunt cakes as an excuse to like go see her. So I was like kind of drawn from some uh, some past. So you've labeled you've labeled that experience the bunt cake thing. So it's like anytime it's the you're bunt looking cake for move. Joke, right? Yeah. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And everyone that's listening is feel free to to, to steal that. And and I want to point out it was effective. We did date for a little bit. Uh, obviously. Long term, not quite as effective, but uh, we were able to explore so, a relationship and realize that it wasn't for us. So the bunt cake works to get the girl, but not keep the girl, essentially, is what you're saying. Well, there's got to be more than just bunt cakes as a foundation for a successful relationship, <laughs> okay. right? Right, right. <laughs> um, Chris, you're the man. We appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank you for sharing your wise words. Um, and Jared pointed out you have a podcast as well. Please feel free to share that with the listeners and we'll be sure to check it out as well. What's, what's the name of the podcast? Yeah, it's simple. Ex-Boyfriend Recovery Podcast. You can get it wherever the podcasts live. You know, iTunes, Stitcher, Love it. Spotify. Love it. You're the man. We appreciate you coming in. We appreciate you sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you, and, Chris. Uh, we'll be sure to check that out. See ya. Later, bud. See ya. Jared, right. now there were two. Two co-hosts co-hosting a podcast as co-hosts do for a podcast. We saw Ashley and uh, your little puppy yep, dog yep. make an appearance just a second ago. Well, this is not my puppy dog. This is Fushi. Oh, come here, Fushi. So this is Fushi. This is uh, Crystal's uh, dog. Yes. Dude, you guys love your multi-poos. Look, look at this. This is Shih Tzu. Is this like a Rhode this Island is... thing to be obsessed with these kinds of like little dogs that you guys all have? Look at this little bit. Oh, dude, you have Pappy. Pappy's a small dog. You can see up the obsession. Look I agree, baby. But you have the you have a very similar. You have two of the same dog. Your parents have a similar dog. Crystal's got this I know. dog. It's adorable. Don't get me wrong. It looks like a little Ewok. It looks like it's supposed to be running around Tatooine or something it's like che- that. But it's Chewbacca. Um, yeah, yeah. I would say more Ewok, but that's that's just you know agree to disagree. Anyways, uh, first live podcast, dude. I'm going to say it was a success, even though there's a little bit of a lag time between saying and hearing and speaking. It's like we didn't talk over each other that But uh, we do have some questions from our, from our listeners. They're pressing, and they want to know some things. So let's ask a couple questions amongst each other. So this one's from Eliza. She says, 
Who's your bigger man crush, Mike Johnson or Tyler C? And I think this applies to both of us. And I think I know your answer before you're going to say it. You're going to say Mike Johnson because we just had him yeah. on. And he is dreamy. And, yeah, I'm going to say Mike Johnson just because, like I said before, he reminds me of uh, of uh, of Will Smith in Bad Boys, who's like Mike Lowry, one of my favorite movie characters of all time. So, uh, I, And he's not pretentious. I'm going to say Mike Johnson, too. I don't too. Mike Lowry. I'm going to say Mike Johnson, too, which is crazy for me because we all know I've got a big man crush on Tyler C. But huge. I will say I'm working on um, focusing more on the things that I do know about people rather than things I don't know about people. And I don't know Tyler C. So I put him on this big pedestal. He's probably going to disappoint me. And because of that, Mike Johnson all the way. What other questions do we have, Jared, that we can answer right now? Uh, I actually can't read the chat. So do you mind reading the questions? It's all blurry to me. Yeah, I would be happy to. The The Wi-Fi that I'm stealing from the hotel allows me to read the chat and your own, your Crystal's Wi-Fi doesn't let you. All right, this one's from I know. Uh, Brielle. Brielle wants to know, similar to what we asked Evan, what is your Cheesecake Factory order, Jared? Uh, you know, I, I Easton's going to really hate me for this one. I don't go to the Cheesecake Factory all that much. I mean, listen, I am all for Cheesecake Factory. I'm all for chain restaurants big fridays guy apple applebee's chilies cheesecake factory i'm all in but uh you know i i guess i'd probably say you know chicken fingers and fries something something easy something traditional something tasty it's pretty basic and i will say easton our one of our uh, producers of this podcast is listening to this and judging both of us very hard for our answers right now uh and i'm Absolutely. also going to give a very uninspired i'm going to give an <laughs> un uninspired answer uh i think my go-to uh, is oh, I can't remember if this is Cheesecake Factory or somewhere else, but the barbecue chicken salad is very, very delicious. I would I'm sure it's great. It. So Easton, the reason we're referencing Easton, because Easton travels around the country and goes to different cheesecake factories. I think he's been to like 30 different cheesecake factories, if not more. I, I, I might be lowballing very, that. I'm not sure, honestly. Very, very, very uh, impressive on Easton's part. All right, this one's from yeah. Terrence. Terrence, thanks for asking a question. Uh, they want to know, what do you guys think of the whole Bachelorette switch? And we talked about this a little bit just the other day when we did an interview with Us Weekly. Uh, mm -hmm. There allegedly was a switch from Claire Crawley as Bachelorette over to Tasha Adams as the Bachelorette, which was uh, uh, operating on that assumption, Jared, because I know you, you've been to La Quinta, you can't divulge anything, but operating on the assumption that we went from Claire to Tasha. What are your opinions on that? I know. I know things that you guys don't. <laughs> and I still don't know because uh, they don't tell me anything. Uh, as you know, Dean, you know, the room, and they're like, all right, well, we'll tell you what you need to know and then uh, tell you nothing after that. Uh, I would say, listen, I love Claire. Claire is a, a badass per woman uh, who's stunning. Uh, and I think she will make an incredible bachelorette. And if the rumors are true and Tasha is the bachelorette as well, Tasha is another badass woman who is stunning and kind hearted. And uh, someone that both Ashley and myself are big fans of just like Claire. Uh, and so if there's an opportunity for both these women to find love, I'm all in. Like, let's do it. I'm all in. Too. Uh, I'm I, all in. Why not? I'd, I'd love know? to watch it, it, them both fall in love. That'd be great. 
It's so weird though because like there were, and this is you know all over the, the the news circuit as well. Us Weekly like posted photos of of Claire and Chris Harrison filming something the other day. So Claire is still down there filming. So who the hell knows what is going on? But you know I give them all the props in the world because like we've said this before. I know Fushi. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Fushi's whining right now. Uh, he's very concerned about why these things are in my ears. Uh, and I'm talking to a computer by myself. Um, listen, I, uh, I just, they, they always top themselves. It's unbelievable. This freaking show, like just when you think that they peak and it's like, well, they can't get any better than that. Boom. They get better than that. <laughs> well, better, better is a subjective word. All right. Uh, one quick fact More dramatic. before we move on to the final question. Easton has actually been to, Easton has been to 32 cheesecake factories, not 30. 30? Uh, very easy close. mistake to make. And I just don't want, I don't want Easton, you were very close. I don't want Easton to come back to us and be like, listen, guys, it was 32. So, so Easton has been to 32 different cheesecake factories. Very impressive. Nonetheless, final question before we wrap up our final, final, or I'm sorry, our first ever live podcast. It might be a quick one because I don't know the answer. But Jared, do you know the answer of who Nick Viall is dating? Uh, I mean, that's a question. Damn. Uh, I do, uh, kind of, uh, I'm certainly not saying it here, uh, if he is dating someone, uh, you know, I mean, it's just like <laughs> okay. you and I, so you do, do you know, know who he's dating, but you don't know if he's dating someone. I don't know. I, don't know I, I love like... Nick, but he doesn't share his, his personal romantic life with me as often as he might've used to. I don't know. Dude, but he also doesn't share with anybody. Like, that guy plays things so close to the chest. Like, things that just don't need to be played close to the chest. You know what I mean? It's like, bro, just freaking tell me. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just hope that guy is happy. I really do. He's like, dude, he truly is. Like, I know I always say this, but he's like the closest thing I have to a brother. Because, like, there are times, man, where I'm like, dude. What are you, why are you being such a dick right now? And then I'm like, but I also love you. So it's like, it's like that brotherly type of relationship. And uh, I'm, I'm on such like a comfortable level with Nick right now. Uh, I, I really enjoy it because I, uh, I, I used to be intimidated by him. Like I would never say what I actually meant, even when we started becoming friends. Uh, and now I just say whatever's on my mind. And I've, I found that it's really helped our friendship. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, since you want to share who he's dating, we can only speculate. Uh, so I guess we'll just continue to speculate. Anyways, that's going to do it for our first ever live Help I Suck at Dating. I know that we want it to be under di different circumstances where we could actually have an auditorium filled with thousands and thousands of our fans and listeners and um, bring people on stage and throw parties and take fireball shots and all these things that we've dreamed of doing every <laughs> single night since the inception Sounds of the like podcast. Sounds like a chaotic night. But for but for now, this is all we got. And honestly, I had a great time. I hope you guys listening and watching had a great time as well. Big thank you to uh, Mike Johnson, Taylor Nolan, and Chris. Uh, uh, Chris as well. I don't think I'm forgetting anyone, am I? Anyways, it doesn't matter if I'm uh, forgetting anyone because... <laughs> I almost said it too. Yes, I was almost yes, like, wait yes. a minute. Oh, that is some good Big thank right you there. to Evan Bassball for joining us and being a guest on our podcast. He's a, he's very charismatic and handsome uh, digitally as well. So, uh, Big thank you to you, Dean, for always being the, the handsome, wonderful person you are. 
uh, and really just carrying this podcast. Uh, and I, I truly mean that. I'm, I'm confident in, uh, in my ability, but uh, you are truly the talent, my friend. And I have no quarrels oh my with God. that. I really don't. Uh, thank you please, to all please. the listeners. Thank you to everybody who tuned in, who bought tickets. Like the idea that you guys paid money uh, to uh, be with us is something uh, that's uh, awesome. And uh, uh, I just can't tell you how, how grateful we are for that. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll be back in studio some point soon. I felt like we were really catching our groove, man. We were headed for that People's Choice Award. I actually, so I ate Chinese food tonight, got a fortune cookie that said I was going to win an award soon. And the first thing that went in my mind was like, People's Choice Awards 2020. Help us suck at dating. Best live podcast. It's coming up. I, I, <laughs> I can feel it in my blood. I do want, I have one more big thank you, and that is to the Grand Canyon Inn for letting me park in their parking lot <laughs> and steal their Wi-Fi for the past hour and a half. Uh, big thank shocked. you for not even knowing that Dean was window. there. I'm like uh, in full incognito mode where like the, I've got like the blinds down. And so like oh, no Jesus. one can see into the van. But I can, you know, obviously still operate and function appropriately and properly. Did I'm stoked. To, I didn't uh, think that this Wi-Fi was going to be strong enough. Kick Caitlin out of the van while you recorded this. Is she just like sitting outside? Uh, well, so we're actually staying in a hotel tonight under Canvas Grand Canyon, and it's like ten minutes away. And I was just like, you know what? Just uh, stay here with Poppy, take some photos, and now I'm going to be on for an hour and a half while me and Suck Army change the world. And she was like, yeah, that's totally fine. Uh, so <laughs> she's she's back sitting uh, in the in the TP that we're staying in for the next couple nights. But uh, anyways, that's going to do it for this episode of Help I Suck at Dating. Every episode gets better and better. Jared, I love you so much. This was fantastic. Um, love you too, brother. To our listeners and to our to our watchers, thank you guys for for tuning in. As Jared said, uh, if you paid the $10, great. If you paid the $30, I hope you enjoy your beanie. I should have worn mine. And that was just bad marketing on my point. But uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to tune in next week because maybe we'll all suck just a little bit less. Follow Help by Suck at Dating on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. On Thursday, February 29th from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., you can celebrate an extra day of Black History Month with Walmart. This event is free and open to the public at two locations, Flatiron Plaza in New York City and Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's the perfect time to try, like, and share black-led products. It's free, it's for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it. Love at First Sight still exists. It's available at your local shelter. This June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more and see full terms and conditions. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite with just two capsules 
capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by Brain MD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from Brain MD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.